I think oftentimes we reach for the things that we can do or take away. So, you know, waking up really early to get that run in or to go to the gym or to meditate even, you know, whatever it is. But if we're not getting quality sleep, we are neglecting our health. Emily Abadi here, bringing you episode three of our special In Focus series here on Hurdle, a wellness-focused podcast where I sit down with inspiring individuals to talk about everything from their big wins to how they've gotten through some of life's toughest moments. On the show, you can expect vulnerability, motivation, and candid discussions with everyone from top athletes to aspiring entrepreneurs on what it really takes to follow your passions. My mission is simple to inspire you to be your best self, move with intention, and have some fun along the way. This week on the show with the In Focus series, my goal is to help all of you sort through the chaos that is setting new goals, getting really intentional with what it is that you want over the next 365 days. Some of you may refer to these as resolutions. Some of you may just want a clean slate. Whatever it is that brings you here to the feed today, I am grateful that you're listening. We've already chatted about meditation, about the power of positivity, and today we are diving into the topic of better quality sleep, something that I personally have been super homed in on over the past year, especially throughout the pandemic. To chat about this, I am bringing in Lisa Haim. She's a registered dietitian, a podcaster, an all-around amazing human. Lisa and I chat about the importance of quality sleep over sleep quantity and that it's not always that you need those eight hours that we hear so much about, but rather that you are spending time in bed that is giving your body what it really needs, that is of high quality. Lisa fills me in on the hacks for better sleep quality that have worked for her and makes a really great point that everything you do throughout the day, not just in those 30 or 60 minutes before you're like getting into your pajamas and getting into bed, everything that you do can impact your sleep. She's also hilarious and honest and upfront with the idea that what works for one person may not work for someone else and that is okay. Whether it is making progress on the goal of better quality sleep or something entirely different, she stresses in today's episode that it's important to have some grace with ourselves and do the best we can with what we have. I personally really love that mentality and I know that you're really gonna appreciate it as well. The topic of sleep, it's something that I am really passionate about, large in part because of the sponsor for this week's special series, Whoop. Wearing a Whoop regularly has dramatically impacted my sleep for the better, no questions asked. Whoop is literally like having a personal trainer on your wrist for less than a dollar a day. It tells you how recovered your body is, how much strain it can take on in a day, and how well you slept. Like I said before, when it comes to sleep, we shouldn't just assume eight hours is what we need. Everyone's different. For example, if you are being more active than normal, say you got into a really intense hit workout over Zoom, 
<laughs> on that day, you may need to focus on getting more deep sleep, which is the sleep stage where your muscles rebuild and get stronger. Whoop can track your sleep stages like no other, helping you to get essential insight into the quality of your sleep, how much sleep you need day to day, and that will differ again, and how much time you spent in each of the different stages. For just $30 a month, you will get personalized data 24-7 with feedback in real time all within their app. Trust me, Whoop is going to help you stick with your new year's goals, your new year's resolutions. Save 15% off a Whoop with the code HURDLE at checkout. Head on over to Whoop.com, that's W-H-O-O-P.com, and use my code HURDLE at checkout to save yourself 15% off today. Again, Whoop.com, use HURDLE at checkout for 15% off today. Know yourself with personalized recovery, strain, and sleep insights from Whoop. As you're listening today, please make sure to tag Hurdle over on Instagram. It's at Hurdle Podcast, and I am over at Emily Abadi. There are still a few spots in tonight's goal-setting workshop. If you want to snag one, I would love to see you there. We're going to really get intentional about the big hopes that we have for the next 365 and beyond. I want to help you set smarter goals, a realistic action plan, and go after what it is that you really want. The link to sign up is in the show notes and use the code 2021 at checkout to get $5 off. With that, let's get to hurdling. Today, I am chatting with Lisa Haim. She is a registered dietitian. She's the founder of Fork the Noise. She's also a podcast host, a relatively new podcast host. Woohoo. Yeah, I am. How's that going for you? It's great. It's called The Truthiest Life. And I talk about the hard stuff with people, and we really go right for it because I believe that having intimate conversations are the key to human connection and vulnerability really unlocks that. Oh, I love all of those buzzwords in there. You're speaking my language. So I'm thankful for you for a multitude of reasons. One, because I just love the content that you put out into the world. But two, because this is the second time that you and I have had the the opportunity to record in the universe thus far. I feel like there's more recording in our future. For sure. You're going to be a guest on my podcast and we're just going to keep making (laughs) magic. So thanks for being you. Making magic. Amazing. Well, this week on Hurdle, I'm chatting with a bunch of experts about kind of simplifying what can be a really overwhelming time of year. Now, as you know, and as I know, we come the turn of the new year, kind of like have these obscene lofty goals at times that can feel really overwhelming. So today we're here to talk about one goal, just one, one simple goal. I know we want to keep it simple and short, but I do want to say that in my, for me, the type of person that I am, goals often interfere with what I actually want to achieve. So whenever I put something big on a pedestal, I lose sight of how to best take care of me. And I know a lot of people listening to your podcast are fitness enthusiasts. And again, just for me, so if this doesn't resonate with anyone listening, throw it out the window. But <laughs> whenever I've had 
uh, fitness goals, albeit they've always been for aesthetic reasons, not for performance. But whenever I've set goals, I have become a worse caretaker of my body because I would fight rest or I would be so focused on what my abs look like instead of Mm -hmm. how I need to nourish myself. I really just like to show up every day with the intention of I want to take the best care of me so that I can provide for my body. Right. Okay. But I like, I like how you're, no, but I like how you're breaking it down because I mean, everyone has to figure out what strategy, what approach, what way they need to spin it to make things work for them. So this is just how you have figured out that you need to approach it. Exactly. And I just believe every single day, even if you have a big goal, it's really important that if you quote unquote fall off for the day, whatever it is that the box that you're checking, instead of just completely falling off and then calling it a failure, just get back on the next day or the next hour or the next minute. I think that the the shame surrounding goals and the pressure we put on often get in the way of us continuing forward. And that's what we want to focus on. We want to focus on moving forward. And sometimes failing forward is what happens, you know, like sometimes as things don't go as planned, instead of judging yourself for the fact that things aren't how you'd hope they'd be, it's like, well, I'm in this place now and I wasn't here before. Exactly. So I think we have to stop imagining this big destination and recognize that whenever we arrive to wherever we're going, it's not going to look like how it's supposed to, but it's still going to be moving forward because every day you got up and you put one foot in front of the other. And especially after the 2020 that we had, just bravo for just doing that. I'm feeling amped and we're like four minutes into chatting yes. today. Okay, so I'm hyped. I'm hyped even more so to chat about sleep. I'm interested. Why did you want to chat about sleep? So I think a lot of times we put so many big health goals on our plate that we forget about the most important one. And especially in health and wellness, which are spaces that we both occupy for a long time, all I heard about was such and such as morning routine, such and such as amazing three-hour meditation before the sun even rose. And (laughs) that really pissed me off because I have never been able to sleep. I have made huge improvements and I'm so proud of myself for learning how to sleep. I know that sounds funny, but at age 28, I got off all my medications and really took the hard work to prioritize what happens before sleep. And it completely changed my life, my health, my well-being, my relationships to self and others. And I think oftentimes we reach for the things that we can do or take away. So, you know, waking up really early to get that run in or to go to the gym or to meditate even, you know, whatever it is. But if we're not getting quality sleep, we are neglecting our health. And it's so, so, so important. And at the same time, we have to realize that really the day begins the night before. And I don't think we really think like that. We think the day starts in the morning, but it doesn't. But it doesn't. And I think one thing that you're pointing out from the get-go is the importance of overall sleep hygiene. We're not just talking here about, you know, the the old saying like, oh, I need eight plus hours of sleep for a quote unquote good night's rest. Like this is so much bigger than how long you're spending in your bed. It's also, you know, how you're making that rest as restful as possible. I'm really glad you said that because in my own experience and also the science to back me up, the quality is more important than the quantity. And since I've learned to improve the quality, I'm somebody that used to say I need more than 12 hours of sleep because my sleep was so crappy. But since learning how to sleep, 
I am getting really good quality and I am waking up, not magically jumping out of bed as the happiest person. That's never going to be me. But I am waking up with a different sort of feeling inside of me. And I have a few reasons as to why. But the reason that I wanted to talk about sleep here today is because I've been researching something called the glymphatic system. So those listening may have heard of the lymphatic system. And if you haven't, the lymphatic system is a natural detox pathway going through our body at all times. And it's just naturally moving metabolites along, you know, cleaning the body essentially. And we never really stop to think about what happens to the brain because it too produces metabolites and waste. Even just thinking us right now, having this conversation, my brain is eating and pooping, I like to say. So it's accumulating (laughs) poop all day long. And in order for that poop to be moved out, I know this is like, everyone's listening is like, this girl is the weirdest, but I am. Um, (laughs) In order for the poop to get moved out, we need to go to sleep. And when we go to sleep, everything transitions, a big garbage Uh, truck comes along and takes the waste out. So we have cells called the glia cells in our brain. That's why it's called the glymphatic system. And it's only once we actually fall asleep does do the blood vessels um, start to clear the brain from potential neurotoxic waste products that we've accumulated. So transporting this fluid is really crucial for our our metabolism, for the waste removal from inflammatory processes. And so just think about once you go to sleep, your brain is kind of getting a deep clean, a deep wash. But once you wake up, it starts to accumulate again. Does that make sense? No, it totally makes sense. And it actually reminds me of one of the benefits of prioritizing sleep, of making time for sleep on the fitness and recovery side of things Mm. for your body and for your muscles is obviously the need for your body to have this time on a cellular level to repair itself. And what you're talking about is, you know, just a different aspect of that process of the repair process. Right. And so Alzheimer's disease, for example, is described as an accumulation of protein in the brain, a specific one. And so we need to recognize that, you know, proteins are accumulating in our brain. We have amazing systems that can help to clear. I'm not saying this is a foolproof process by any means, but I do believe that sometimes we neglect sleep in the pursuit of achieving our goals. So waking up early before sunrise to get that meditation. And I'm just going to use that Mm. example. But if we're cutting our sleep off short, the question is, is that really a health goal? And it's up to us to really recognize that sleep does matter. And so the question is now, how can we improve our sleep? Because it's not just closing our eyes and wishing for the best. I wish that it was. But (laughs) for me, I found a few things that have helped. And I hope to kind of bring that to your audience today. You are doing my job for me. So Lisa, (laughs) proceed, proceed forward. So I feel like with 2020, most people working from home, the work boundaries have gotten really blurry. And that's not just if you're an entrepreneur like you and you work kind of different jobs. It's everybody, you know, are we're more connected to email, to Zoom calls, to all those things more than ever. And so I really believe that work boundaries and cutoff times for calls and emails need to be established. And I'm not here to tell you when they are. I don't know your job. I don't know what it's like to be you. But if you can set a boundary of maybe seven o'clock before dinner, I think that would be really helpful to kind of shift the brain into home mode, even though you're home the entire time. Okay. Home mode. I like this. I like this. Then where do we go from there? So this one might be really difficult, but it has made all the difference on my sleep. 
television. I do not do well with television before bed. I'm not perfect with this one. On weekends, I may splurge, but watching television is incredibly stimulating for the mind, not to mention the light that comes off of the television blocks our melatonin, our sleepy hormone, if you will, from being produced. And then the third one, which is also hard, but will make all the difference is I've gotten a little bit more intense with this one lately. I try to turn off my phone completely at around eight or nine o'clock. This is not one I do regularly, but I try and do it a few times a week. Like a Sunday is a great night for that because work's kind of slow. And, you know, I just want to start my Monday off really strong. So I'll actually turn my phone off and, um, but just keep it off really for until the next morning. But that being said, I've been sleep before that, a little subversion of that would be to put your phone in a different room. This allows you to have some phone free time before bed built in, but also keeps that technology a little bit farther away. Like your phone's giving off a vibration. It's stimulating. You want to check the time. You want to check your text messages. Uh, and I just keep it in my bathroom, which is close enough so that when my alarm goes off, I can hear it, but far enough that um, I get a little bit of phone free time in. I like that. I like putting the phone away. I myself recently this year made a big effort to start charging it on my desk on the other side of the room. Mm. So it's nowhere near my bed anymore. Yes, I love a good phone free break in general. But yeah, it's super distracting. And then next I'll do a I don't have dietary rules per se. But the one thing I am mindful of as somebody who has struggled to sleep their whole life is caffeine. And that means I have a coffee, tea, caffeinated tea cutoff time of noon, which is a little bit early, but um, it's super important that when I get in bed, I'm not super stimulated. Caffeine is a drug, even though we don't treat it like one. And then going out the extra mile, if it's an evening where I know I need really good rest, I might be mindful of my chocolate intake. I know chocolate brings us great joy, but chocolate does have caffeine. So if it's an evening and I want to be more conscious of my sleep, I might choose a non-chocolate dessert if I want dessert. Interesting. Now, on this note of if I want dessert, I myself have been leaving into like a a beverage that has some sleep boosting Ooh, qualities. Nice. It's got melatonin. It's got a little bit of cacao, but it's like how I it's kind of like my symbol to myself that I'm about to ease into sleep. What do we think about something like that? I think that rituals are incredibly powerful and things that tell us what we're going to be doing next. So, you know, the bed, for example, one of my my things, and I know this is even harder working from apartments, but your bed should be the place where your body knows it's going to sleep. And for a long time, I used to linger in bed or hang out in bed, and that's not good for me. So now the bed is associated mm. with sleep, and that's important for my body. The same way your beverage is associated with sleep, and that's important for your body. I also think on that note, you know, yes, it is hard to be working from home and all of this stuff is kind of happening in one space, but you can still make the bed itself, like maybe not the whole bedroom, but the bed, the sleep thing. For sure. And I should probably go make my bed on that note. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a, I'm a, I'm a first, that's the first thing I do every day. Of course it is. Of course. You're a super productive, amazing individual. <laughs> oh, I adore you. Lisa, do you have any other best practice tips for us to improve our sleep hygiene? So those two two other things that I, I keep in mind for kind of like getting the body ready for bed and knowing that it's time. I love a pillow spray. It's just a lavender pillow spray that I've been using for years. I bring it when I travel because sleep can get kind of messed up. It's no miracle worker by any chance, but it helps the body and mind relax. 
and get ready for bed. I also will maybe spray magnesium on the feet, which can help to get us ready for bed and on the feet because that um, increases the absorption. Again, I find that more is just a ritual than necessarily like, wow, magnesium works, but <laughs> do whatever kind of works for you. Um, mindful of alcohol. I know it's not a fun one and it's also a really confusing one because a lot of people use alcohol to sleep, to finally relax. And the truth is it does induce relaxation, but we need to recognize here, I call this outer wisdom in my mindful and in my mindfulness and mindful eating, how I explain it to students is, you know, we might want alcohol, but if our outer wisdom knows that it makes us feel sleepy and relaxed, but it actually interferes with quality sleep, do we want to partake in that? And again, that's a choice that is up to you. I'm just here to provide a lot of things. And if you take one with you, then that's really important. Well, I think that's really helpful. I recently wrote an article for GQ talking about how the timing of when you consume that single beverage can actually make a big difference. And I'm not here saying, you know, everyone should have a happy hour glass of wine mm -hmm. every day. But if you have your glass of wine at five or six and can put some serious distance time-wise in between when you consume that glass of wine and when you're getting into bed or that drink or whatever you're leaning toward, then you're much less likely to deal with some of the repercussions that we might experience had you had it 15 minutes before you hopped between the sheets. That makes a lot of sense. I feel like most people, this is maybe too far of a stretch to say most people, but if you Third happy hour at five o'clock, it's probably going to lead to more drinks. But for those, of you, for those of you that are like, yeah, I go to happy hour and then I come home and do the laundry, you know, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I love ending on a note like that. Lisa, talk to me. One thing you're excited about for 2021. I'm really excited about some of my new course offerings. I'm launching my second big online course called Fork the Noise, Hunger and Fullness, reconnecting people to the sensations that have been in them all along. And it's got so much good science, so much good mindfulness. And it's kind of just the course that I wish that I had, you know, 10 years ago or so. I love it. Well, I will be sure to include a link to that in the show notes. Lisa, how do the hurdlers keep up with you? Give me all of your details. At Lisa Haim on Instagram will be the best way to say hi. And thank you, hurdlers, for having me on again. Take what you need from this episode. Leave behind what you don't. I'm not offended. I'm not offended. I'm over at Emily Abadi and at Hurdle Podcast. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time. <laughs>